Alright, Rabotai, it's Ma'amar Ge'ulat time. We do these uh, classes for Ashlema. Haya Alegra Bat Gamila and Yosef Haim Ben Rosa. And not a fan of the hem. If what a nefesh, if what a good for a time, Kerbala Bobekin Yeratsovanaman. Amen. We're talking about over here the time of the Zechira. Uh, we talk about that uh, at the time of Mashiach, there's two stages, the Pekidah and the Zechira, Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David. Uh, the Ramhal's opinion is that Mashiach ben Yosef is very, very critical in the sense that that's when the Chochmah comes down to the world. That's when all the uh, Neshamot are released from the Kelipot, and as a result, the light is freed. That's the Neshamah of Akiva ben Yosef, who clearly was definitely part of the process of Mashiach ben Yosef. And he says, Right. The Neshamot will start coming out from the Galut before the Geula. So now he's going back to Mashiach ben Yosef. So this is this is a big subject here. He talks about now for the first time the possibility that Mashiach bin Yosef might die, might get killed. So he says that the purpose of Mashiach bin Yosef is to bring those neshamot, those holy neshamot that are being held in captivity. These are the neshamot of the great tzaddikim. And for the light of the chokhmah that Mashiach ben Yosef has from the Yesod, he brings it to the Malchut, and all of a sudden they start unlocking all the neshamot, and they start to come out, and the awe of the Torah, sword and all the Kabbalah starts to be revealed. That's the purpose of Mashiach ben Yosef. Like I said in yesterday's shiur, you don't see too much on the physical side, meaning... You don't see kibbutz galuyot. You don't see uh, the Jewish people on top of the world yet. No, first the the prerequisite of Mashiach ben David is the order of chokhmah. The light of the chokhmah will come down again by the Mashiach ben Yosef releasing these great neshamot. Rabbi Akiva being one of those neshamot, like we learned yesterday, he was released from Esav. He was in Esav, and Yaakov Abinu. When he was born, he held on to the ankle, Akiv, and he pulled out Rabbi Akiva. Whatever that means, we don't know what the Kavanot of the Tzaddikim are, but uh, there are definitely Neshamot that are in captivity. You know, there's a custom that some people have when they say Le David every day. They put their head down. <clears throat> we don't have that custom. We don't do it. The Kubalim say it's actually very dangerous to do that, you know, to put your head down during Le David. What's the kavana? After you finish the Amidah, when you say the David, at that moment, it's such a high moment that we're actually taking the elevator down a few flights into the dark areas, and we try to pull up different neshamot and different sparks that are being held over there against their will. The reason why it's dangerous to, 
to, to have that kavana is because sometimes you get caught up there. You know, you're going to save somebody and you end up getting caught there and you don't come back. And the stories of a lot of people that didn't have the right kavanot during the David, <clears throat> and all of a sudden the kiddie port held on to them. And instead of uh, re- re- releasing captives, they became cap- captives themselves. So we don't have that kavana anymore. But Mashiach bin Yosef has this big job, and it's a spiritual job. We don't know how to do this. If somebody would tell me, okay, Hakam, uh, could you teach us how to release Nishamot? I wouldn't know where, where to begin. Uh, where are these neshamot found? What type of tikkun? But Mashiach ben Yosef is a holy neshama. It's like the Biakiva ben Yosef, and through the spirituality of the Rav, he pulls them out. Ramhal, all these rabbis I keep on repeating, or Hayimakadosh, Arizal, etc. But then he says something very, very, very serious. There is a possibility that. Mashiach ben Yosef has to die. That means according to Ramhal, it's not, it's not guaranteed. But there's a possibility that he has to die. And especially the way we learned it in, in the Shi'urim uh, previously, is that we believed that Ramhal holds that it's not one Mashiach ben Yosef, it's a process. So therefore, he's going to die because he finishes his tikkun and the next one comes, and the next one comes. So it's not such a... But he says, Ubmoto ma'ale otam. And that's a... Uh, that's a big, you know, something I tell you every day, there's certain things I like to highlight so I don't forget them next time around. I'm going to highlight those words. Let's talk about this. The death of Mashiach bin Yosef is not necessarily a bad thing. There's two ways in order to lift the Shamot from the, from the underworld. One way is through tikkunin, through kavanot, through all sorts of, uh, you know, kedushah and tahara and service. But there's another way which is called mesirut nefesh. Uh, the Arizal talks about this a lot. And the Ramhal says that the main uh, tikkun that a person could do is anytime he serves God with sacrifice. Sacrifice Whatever it may be, anytime you sacrifice for God, I'm not saying you necessarily have to die, but anytime you make a sacrifice for God where, where it hurts, where it's painful to make the sacrifice, Misirut Nefesh is like a magnet. It's able to draw a lot of Nitzotzot from the... With that Misirut Nefesh, you're elevating everything that's beneath. Therefore, the Tzaddikim... The ultimate misidut nefesh is, of course, they give their life. That's, that's the highest level. We're not talking about that. But there is a misidut nefesh that's called the virtual misidut nefesh. You know, now today everything's virtual. So what do you think? They had virtual, virtual misidut nefesh also. Before Zoom, they had virtual misidut nefesh. What does it mean? You have a kavana. And you imagine yourself uh, accepting upon yourself sekila, serefa, herig, vehenik. You just imagine the Arizal says that if you have a good kabbanah, God considers as if you actually went through those four mitot bedin. And as a result, he says you should have that kabbanah in ehad, when you say kiri achema. And that's the main kabbanah according to Ramhal. When you say ehad, you have to say, I'm willing to give my life up for Kadosh Baruch Hu. And you imagine, Rabbi Elimelech Melezinsk, he has his, they call it the tzetel, 
in his little book over there, he writes in very, very graphic images. You should imagine that there's a big fire, and they take you, and they throw you into the fire. And you, wow, it's very, very, uh, very gory. But even if you don't go that far, even to just imagine in your brain, the Arizal says, it's as if you did Misirut Nefesh, and then you're able to lift up all the Olamot. You'd be surprised if you had x-ray glasses, after a person accepts upon himself these four, you know, deaths for the sake of God, you'd see all of a sudden sparks, the Shamot, where are they going? Elevator. What caused this? Your Misirut Nefesh. That's called in Kabbalistic terms, Ma'ale Man. That's called the Ma'in Nukbin, where we lift up a certain inspiration that we do, and we, we lift it up, we send it up to God, and with that Ma'in Nukbin, it also brings up a lot of Kiddushah. There's nothing, there's nothing greater than Mesirut Nefesh. Now I will tell you that, as I said, you don't have to die for this. Misirut uh, nefesh, people make a mistake. They think that the word nefesh means giving up your life. Nefesh doesn't mean your life. Nefesh means your will, your ratzon. We have a proof to this. If you remember when Ephron was selling the Ma'arat HaMachpelah to Avram Abinu, he says, Im yesh et nafshechem. Avram Abinu says, Im yesh et nafshechem. If it is your will, Im yesh ratzonchem. If it is your will to sell it to me. So misirut nefesh basically means misirat ratzon. That anytime you have a desire to do something and you break your desire, you just you gave God your desire and you gave it to him. You, 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 didn't, you didn't succumb to it. You didn't, you didn't bow to your, to your urges. That's called misirut ratzon. Now, the ultimate misirut ratzon is when a person just gives his whole life for God. Of course, that's the, that's the highest madre God. That's kiddush Hashem. But it doesn't have to be on that, on that level. You know, there was a story that I once heard from a survivor in the Holocaust. And he was by the train station. And his Rebbe, they had taken away on the train. And he's looking at his Rebbe from the window. His Rebbe's from the window of the train. And he's at the train station. He, he wasn't, you know, called to go on the train. And that train's going to take him to a concentration camp. And he tells his Rebbe, he says, Why did you get the Zechut? Why did you get the zechut to be Moser Nefesh? Kiddush Hashem, and I didn't get the zechut. Imagine that. He's jealous. They're taking him to die. And the student is saying, how come I didn't get the zechut? Listen to the words that the Rebbe said to him. He said, don't be jealous of me. He says, I'm being taken away against my will. I don't want to die. I'm being Moser Nefesh. I don't want to die. They're taking me against my will. He says, you're going to live. He says, and you're going to be able to make Mesirut Nefesh Meratzon. Nobody's going to force you. Your Mesirut Nefesh is going to be greater. Because you're going to live and survive this, God willing. And you're going to have a lot of Nisyonot in your life. And nobody's going to force you from your own free will you're able to serve God. He says, that's the real Mesirut Nefesh. Mehayim. He says, I have a gun to my head. Do I have a choice to make Mesirut Nefesh over here? They're telling me I have to go. I have to go. I, I'm trying. I cannot fight it. He said, but you will be able to serve God from your own free will and make your own choices. Nobody's going to force you. That's the highest misirut nefesh. Misirut nefesh mehayim. But again, there's great levels of misirut nefesh when one is asked to give his life up for God. The story is told of Rav Elchanan Vasem in Hashem Yom Kom Damav. He's a student of the Hafez Chaim, 
Baranovich Yeshiva. And they took him out in the city of Kapno, in Lithuania. Him and his students to a place where they would make actions, actions. They would, you know, shoot all the students into a mass grave. And they called him out with his students. And before they called him out, he sat with his students and he told them, listen, we're about to do a great mitzvah. We're about to give our lives up for Kedush Hashem. We are human sacrifices. Let us not have any bad thoughts because Hasbe Shalom that can make the Korban Pasul. Let us think that our sacrifice is going to be the cause that Torah will be able to spread uh, for the next years in America. Our sacrifice will cause that Torah should be continue to flourish. So, and that's the way they died. They made the Berachah of Al-Kidush Hashem. They did it with tremendous kavanahu. The Germans have no idea what these people are thinking. They didn't show any fear. It was a mitzvah. And they knew that their blood is going to plant the future of Christ. And he says, if the Jews will live in America, it's because of what we're doing here today. It's Mesidut Nefesh. Who knows all the six million, Shemim Komdamav, the Kedoshim. It's Mesidut Nefesh. The ten Asara Harugim Malchut. That's the ten rabbis that died. It's Mesidut Nefesh. Now that's the Mesidut Nefesh on the highest level. Rabbi Akiva, who if we learn that Rabbi Akiva is... Mashiach bin Yosef, so look what happened to him. The Romans got to him. And at the end, when they were raking his body, he says, all my life I'm waiting for this. All my life I'm preparing for this moment. Because he knew that his death, as part of the process of the Mashiach bin Yosef, to lift up all those, lift those, all those neshamot. So he says, the Mashiach bin Yosef either could do it through living service, or his death is going to be a ha'alatman. That's what he means over here. Ubmoto hayam otam. In his death, he will elevate those souls that need to come out. So there is souls that need to come out, Rabotai. So, by the way, now you have your answer. Remember I told you a minute ago, I don't know, I don't know what I would tell you? Well, I guess that's the answer. Mesidut Nefesh. Now, we're not Mashiach bin Yosef. None of us are Mashiach bin Yosef. But it doesn't matter. That every time there's a a moment of misilut nefesh, something great happens. We send up a great gift to the heavens, <clears throat> and that opens up a tremendous shefa that comes down to the world. Uh, look at the, um, I mean, this I don't, I don't, I don't like to say this in public too much because I heard it from one of the gedolim, but I didn't see it written down. <clears throat> Take it with a grain of salt what I'm going to tell you. You know, the Asararo Gim Malchut, the ten martyrs that died, this was after, uh, during the Romans, after the Hurban Bet HaMikdash, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Hananyam Bet Teradion, Hotsvita Bet the great Tzaddikim, Ishmael, Akohen, the great, great Tzaddikim. The world needed Mesirut Nefesh. The world needed the world needed a, a fuel. You know, when the world runs out of Zechuyot, so it needs to generate Zechuyot. Borei Olam said, we have to send up a tremendous Ha'alat Man. We need to send up a tremendous so the world could continue to exist. So God took ten Sadiqim 
And we know that each one of these tzaddikim is connected the 600,000 neshamot of Kla Yisrael. That's what the holy books tell us. That each one of these 10 rabbis, the neshama was a general neshama that includes all the 600,000 neshamot. So those were the 10 rabbis that died. And then 2,000 years later, we again needed a another ha'alat man. We needed another another misidut nefesh so the world can continue to have its shefa. We were running low. And the rabbi said that those 6 million Jews, if you take the 10 rabbis and each rabbi is worth 600,000, so those 10 were like 6 million. So in the earlier generation, there was 10. But in the final generation, it came out to its real number, to the 6 million. And that misidut nefesh of Jews dying in that form that brings the shefat down to the world. That's, that's, that's the way it works. We hope we, we, we'd rather do it virtually. You know? we, we'd rather not have to make an, an actual misirut nefesh like this. But if the generation is merited, he doesn't have to die. So he even tells us the guy who's going to kill him. He tells us the guy who's going to kill the Mashiach ben Yosef is Armilos. If you look in your Sidurim, they actually you pray for it every day. Uh, if you have your Sidur in front of you, you'll see that he's up at a Kavana in the... Uh, in the Berachav, the Amidah, at the end, where it says, Tishkon betok Yerushalayim irecha kasher dibarta, v'chisei David abdecha, yechaven letpalel al Mashiach ben Yosef, sh'yichyeh, v'shelo yihareg al yedeh armilo sarasha. So the Arizal, some say the Arizal was Mashiach ben Yosef. There are different, different opinions. Somebody said Goebbels, Goebbels was armilos, you know, from Hitler's uh, right hand, uh, Goebbels was Armilos. Mashemov Zikro. Kitzadik Mesaran Nehalaz Biyavora Shat Tahtav. It's possible that the Tzadik will be saved and the Rasha will come in his place. Ubekowak Tikunab Yalwa Noflima Ele. That's the whole key. In the Zikut of the Tikunim of the Mashiach ben Yosef, whether it's through his living or his death, Yaluha Noflim. All those neshamot that fell from the early times that need to come out before the tikkun is done, ya'alu. Ve'ata omar lecha zeh sod kasher uchal ki satum ve'hatum. Well, now I'm going to tell you another secret. Very, very close, very sealed. Ve'amet ki kowach ha'yichud ha'alyon hu'a magen alav. All right, you needed an introduction for this, what he's talking about over here. Yehuda Alyon. There's a level in the upper worlds that's called the level of Arich. Arich is the Keter. It's the high levels. When they talk about this level of Arich, it's talked also as En Pekiha. The eye that doesn't close. You see, 
a regular person, he has an eye, he has a lid, he has an afapayim, he has a, an eyelid, it closes, opens, opens, closes. You ever see a fish? A fish doesn't have eyelids. The fish, that represents the high level of arich. That's why we're supposed to eat fish on Shabbat. That represents enapikiha, the, the eye, hine en adonai el yireav, la miharim nahazdo. That's the eye that always watches That's the eye of God that doesn't close, that always is watching, it doesn't even blink for a second. Mashiach ben Yosef is able to draw that watchful eye, we'll call it. That's a nice way of saying it. The watchful eye of Arich. And it protects him. You remember when Yaakov Binu blesses Yosef the tribe. What does he say? Ben Porat Yosef, Ben Porat Ayin. God blesses Yosef, and he says, He blesses him like the fish. Mashiach Ben Yosef has the Ein Pikiha that's on him, that eye that always watches him. Now, <laughs> what do you think? It's a dangerous job he has. Because when he goes down into the Kilipot to bring out these Neshamot, they don't want to let him go. They want to hold him down there. They want to keep him there. So if it's not for the fact that he's getting a Ha'ara from Arich, he wouldn't be able to, uh, he wouldn't be able to survive it. So he says, "Who am again Alaf? Uben Ayahu Ben Yehoyada, Ayah Ishai." Now he starts to talk about Ben Ayahu Ben Yehoyada. That was the general of Shlomo Melech, Ben Ayahu's. Oh, they call him the Ben Ishai. He's the original Ben Ishai, Ben Ayahu Ben Yehoyada. Benaya was known to make tremendous Yehudim Kavanot. He had such Kavanot that it protected him. The Pasuk says that one day Benayao got into a fight with the lion. And he was able to beat the lion in the pit on a snowy day. Obviously, this is not uh, to be only taken literally here. What does it mean? Benayah was able to beat the lion in the pit on a snowy day. I'm going to explain to you good, he says. Yarad, he went into the kilipot. Yarad, that's the boar. That boar that has nechashim ba'akrabim, snakes and scorpions. And when we go in the elevator, going up. He went into the elevator, going down. Not to the basement, to the sub-basement. He went all the way to the bottom. Where all the dangerous things are over there. All the nishut, all the underworld. All the dark side. Who's the lion? The bad lion. The, the Ari of the Ra. 
That lion that destroys. Oh. That's the Samich Mim and his wife. He went down there and he went there. He wasn't scared, the Benayahu. He went to fight with them. Sham Hika Oto. Beat him up. Remember, we learned earlier, what did we say on the cold days? The cold days represents Midatadin. He says the judgments were so strong at that time, it was like a snowy day. It doesn't mean physically snow. It means it was the cold days when the dinim were very strong. When a person has leprosy, what do they compare the leprosy to? It's white as snow. In, 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 in the Torahs, white as snow represents Tum'ah. It's something that's impure, because it's deen. Oh. Snow is white. Have you snow white? So you're going to come and tell me white is chesed. How could something that's white like snow be judgment and deen? He's open a chesed or a loven. Chaurat's white. White is chesed. Omnam biyoto kafu veomed moreshet kaber bohadin. Once it becomes stagnant, once it becomes ice, it can't move anymore. When is the white chesed? When it's flowing, when it's moving. Here, when it becomes frozen, the midat adin takes it over. He says, Ki amayim him nigarim. The water moves. Ve'ena mitakebim. Ve'nimsash shibiyot ha-shelik ha-zeh lavan. Ve'av gamzotu karush. When the white snow becomes congealed, noda shekowa hadin nitkashebo. You know the judgment is there. Ad shigabar al-achesed. It stopped the water from flowing. It stopped the, uh, the flow of the water. Ve'lo nikhna tahtav. Uh, that explains uh, who's the biggest uh, cheater that ever lived. Nobody in the Zoom class, Nabotai. Who's the biggest cheater? Lavan. Hazakabaruch. Lavan. Wouldn't you say that that's, a, that's an odd name? Lavan is white. Is, is he white? He's the Lavan of the Kalipah. That's the Lavan that we're talking about over here, the, the Tukha Fadin. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, the white which is chesed, can lure you in. Lures you in. The chesed lures you in. You know, when you have fire, everybody runs away from the fire. Givurah, everybody runs away. You know, if, 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 if I want to, if I want to, I want the guy, guy wants to kidnap somebody, right? So he puts a fire in front of the little boy. The little boy runs away. And so what does he do? He takes out a candy. Hey, little boy, you want a candy? Chesed. Oh, and do the chesed. What does he end up doing? He grabs him and then he goes to he does something to him. So therefore, chesed can be very dangerous. The, um, the books bring down, chesed is the gateway to alayot. If chesed is left unchecked, chesed can lead to immorality. A person comes and does a kindness, <clears throat> and is showing love, and showing ahava. Before you know it, if he doesn't keep that chesed in, 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 in the right borders, the guy will make avirot. 
That's Laban. Laban comes in, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Abba, there's a place for the camels, there's a place for this, come on in, hugging him, kissing him. We know what type of chesed this was. That chesed ended up, he has a knife in his hand. He wants to stab Yaakov Abinu. Remember? If God didn't intervene, he would have killed Yaakov, Arami Oved Avi. So therefore, sometimes the Laban, the white, <clears throat> is deception. That's part of the deception. It chooses the white. Anyway, the snow represents the deen. The world was filled with judgments. And Shalom, the world was not going to be able to exist because of these strong judgments. The, the killing pot were very strong. He can go down and beat him up. Wow. Which means not only when we were on the top, even when they had the upper hand, Benayahu was such a great tzaddik, he could go beyond Mashalik at the time of Tukaf Adin. And that's what they say, that he was a man of, of, of valor. Ishhail. These are all the names that the Ben Ishai named his books after Ben Ayahu. The Neshama of the Ben Ishai was connected to Ben Ayahu. He wrote a book called Ben Ayahu. He wrote a book called Ben Yehoyada. He wrote a book called Ben Ishai. He wrote a book called Rav Pa'alim. All the words that they talk about Ben Ayahu, uh, Ben Ishai was connected. He went to his grave once and he had a tremendous Ara over there. And that's where he got all the, uh, all the Kabano. In any event, uh, he doesn't say why he brings Ben Ayahu over here. Kandere is going back to what he said in the, originally. That he's trying to show you the, the snow, the Midatadin, going down into the dark side and trying to... But that's the job of Mashiach ben Yosef. So it's not, a, it's not an easy job. You know? It's not, some, not something that you're, uh, that's a walk in the park. It's a dangerous job. And the Mashiach ben Yosef uh, has to go down in there and you have to pray for him. That's why it says you have to pray that he doesn't get captured by Armilos, whatever that Armilos is. And that he's able to, to do the job, and that he won't be that he'll be able to do it and live. But the Aramhal reminds us, and even if he will not be able to live, his death will do the same thing. His death will create the Mesirut Nefesh, and therefore be Ma'ale, all the Nishamot uh, that need to come out before the Mashiach comes. Alright? We're gonna go pray Minhan now. At least we have a Kavana now in the Birachaptishkom Betokirushalayim. Like we can pray for the success of Mashiach bin Yosef. That he should, uh, like I said, it should be behesed velo bedin. Adkan. Baruch Anwar Da'olam. Amen. Amen. Beautiful boys.